Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. It's obvious you hate me, though I've done nothing wrong. You hate me, don't you? Fun crazy, not creepy crazy, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to episode 729. And right next to me is a person who keeps me out of trouble almost, I mean just almost all the time. Kimmy, I got one thing. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, I'm your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. Oh, that is so true. I am the villain of this episode and every other episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find all those archived villainous episodes on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And when you're there, go right to our social media links and uh, friend, follow, and like us. If you friend, follow, and like us, we friend and follow and like you back. Right, Kimmy? That's right. And stay connected because we are going to be all over the place coming in starting in January throughout uh, 2016. And we would love you uh, to be at certain events. And, you know, this is really cool. If you happen to be coming into uh, Florida to vacation, you know, we are going to be all over the theme park area. It's very close, you know, at times and and over uh, on the coasts and stuff like that. So plenty of fun opportunities if you're visiting Florida uh, to connect with the Riley and Kimmy show. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And uh, by the way, you can go right to our event page right now. I don't have the entire 2016 calendar up. I just have uh, maybe about all five weeks out. Or so, and roughly, and you can go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com and, and take a look at that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's an old-time radio event happening in Central Florida in Mount Dora at Renegers in Mount Dora. That's going to be uh, occurring. It's the Central Florida Radio Exchange. It's basically an old-time radio uh, get-together, you know, uh, be talking about radios. I, I have a feeling they'll be trading tubes, Kimmy, mm. oh, and things like that. Also, uh, uh, tabletop radios there. Just a, a wide range of nostalgia in the you know the golden age of radio okay and uh, we will be checking that out we will be part of that event and that'll be happening at Renegers in February more details right on our website at rileyandkimmy.com now Kimmy it is a Tuesday but I thought we'd just take a look at the uh, almanac for the week a little bit actually we're going to focus on Wednesday December 20 what is that December 30th right mm-hmm. well, let me do my math here I got pulled again yeah do one minute yeah it's, 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 Wednesday. So t- today is the 29th. Yeah, today is the 29th, Tuesday the 29th, and it is Wednesday the 30th we're going to look at. Okay. We're jumping a little bit of ahead here Ooh. because I just thought, why not, you know? All right. Because I'm going to throw you because I didn't trust you. Maybe you studied. That's why oh. I'm doing that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't trust her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. A little uh, nerd pop culture trivia on the Riley and Kimmy show. All right, Kimmy, here we go. The year, give me the year, the very first color television set went on sale. We have talked in the past when it was a patent was first uh, accepted, but when did the first actual color TV set go on sale to the public and for how much? Oh, 1946. No. Next, how much? Um... Two hundred dollars. Okay, you want to try another year? Nineteen fifty. No, well, let's do three strikes. Why not? One more year. 
first color television set? 1940. Whoa, boy. 1953, the first color television set. And you said, what? How much? uh, $200? Mm -hmm. Uh, It went for $1,175. Yeah, I have a feeling there weren't too many uh, color television sets uh, (laughs) on the streets of Beaver Cleaver's neighborhood. Do you? Wow. Yeah, think about that. I, I have no idea. And we have a very smart person who listens to the Riley and Kimmy show, Mike Kales. I know you're doing the math right now. You're doing the conversion. I have no idea what it is in uh, you know today's money. What that would be? Let's just say a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot. It would cost a lot. Right? A whole bunch. A whole, a whole bunch. Now, Kimmy, my next question for you is: This show went off the air. It was canceled. Tell me the show and give me the year. The Wonderful World of Disney. Okay, I think you can tell me the name of the show. Yeah. Well, tell me the year that The Wonderful World of Disney was canceled by what network? ABC? No. CBS? No. NBC? NBC. It was canceled. The Wonderful World of Disney was canceled. I on know this. it was canceled. Yeah, they said it's over. They canceled it. What year did The Wonderful World of Disney get canceled? 82. Interesting. I didn't think it hit the 80s. It went to 1980. After how many years on the air? 20? 25 years, maybe a tad more. It was the longest running series in primetime television history. Hmm. And it went away. It got canceled. I didn't know it went that far in. Mm. I would have guessed like mid-70s actually. But no, it went to uh, 82, which kind of uh, shocked me a little bit. Moving over to the celebrity birthdays, there are two musicians that are having the same birthday, you know, not year, of course, uh, but they were born on this date of Wednesday, well, born on this date, December 30th. I want you to tell me what group they are famous for. They were both in the same group and they have the same birthday. Hmm. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Are Peaches? You, no. Are, are you ready? That's kind of interesting you chose them and they are not twins. They are not related. Oh. That's even more strange mm-hmm. when you think about it. All right, the name names of the musicians, Michael Nesmith and Davy Jones. Monkeys. The monkeys, that's right. Now, how old is Michael Nesmith today, Wednesday, the 30th? 70. He's 73 years of age. He was the one that wore the goofy net uh, knit cap, remember? Okay. And Davy Jones passed away in what year? 2003? 2012. He passed away in Florida hmm. at the age of 66. Another celebrity birthday, Tiger Woods having a birthday. How old is Florida's Tiger Woods? I think he still lives here in Florida, right? Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe he, he did have a nice house at one time in Florida. Uh, how old is Tiger Woods? 41. He is 40 years of age. Matt Lauer. How old is the Today Show's Matt Lauer? 58. How'd you know that? Just guessing. I don't believe it. I think you you studied. You studied probably the whole week. No. You teach me a lesson. You did. You studied out the whole week. Ooh, no, yes, no. you did. I know you did now. The number just came to me. Okay, well, let, let's see if you can do this with lottery numbers. But okay, let's go to this birthday. You ready? Tracy Ullman. You know who that is, right? Uh-huh. All right, how old is Tracy Ullman? 62. She's 56 years of age. Okay. It was on this date in history. Kimmy, you don't have to, you can just forget it now because we're beyond what you're going to know and not to insult you because we're going down to the world of old-time radio. Radio was And that 
someone is the Riley and Kimmy show from time to time. We focus on the golden age of radio, old time radio, OTR as it's called. And it was on this date in history in 1942, a show I know you have no clue about, Kimmy, because very few people do. It was a detective comedy kind of program that would set the course for shows on TV like Macmillan and Wife, to give you an example. Mm -hmm. Many years later, it was called Mr. and Mrs. North. It debuted on NBC Radio in 1942 and it ran for a long time and quite a few adventures and you know, had a little comedy in it you know the husband and wife detective thing going on mm-hmm. but it did inspire if you will other type of shows like that um you know what was the other one um mcmillan wife be one and i was trying to think of uh oh the one with um robert robert wagner uh and heart to heart yeah heart to heart that's be another one i would think off the top of my head can uh-huh. you think of any others Mm. All right, I sorry I cut you off guard there. You know, but th- there's been other ones. That's not, you know, it's not a new theme for television uh-huh. by the time those programs came to be. But you can get an example here of something that influenced pop culture. We're going back in time to the adventures of Mister and Missus North. The episode's called "The Norths Go to the Dogs." It's about your favorite thing, Kimmy, fur kids. Hmm. Yeah, the Norths go to the dogs. From February 2nd, 1944, on the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. The Norths woke up one morning and discovered it was February. Pam said, Jerry, let's go to the dogs. By all means, Jerry replied, where's the champagne? But that wasn't what Pam meant. She meant the dog show at the Uptown Garden. And after Jerry had said something about in leap year, woman proposes while man opposes, after Pam had thrown a pillow at him, they got dressed and went to the dogs. Dogs. Aren't they adorable? Uh-huh. I feel unnatural. On two legs. We're outnumbered. Oh, I guess this isn't a good hour for visiting. Oh, the dogs don't mind. Oh, uh, Jerry, what breed is that? Schnauzer. God bless you. Uh, what breed? Schnauzer. God bless you. Jerry, you're catching cold. I'm not sneezing. That dog is a schnauzer. Oh, cute. Oh, look, Jerry, a great dame. Isn't he beautiful? Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's move on, dear. Why? I think he thinks I'm a bone. Oh, you're not afraid, are you, darling? Uh, no, I just don't want to confuse him, make him neurotic. All right, scaredy cat. Oh, Jerry, look. <laughs> That's a Yorkshire Terrier. I don't care. That dog's been to the movies. Saw Veronica Lake and copied her hairdo, huh? I'm positive. The only thing is, this dog's overdoing it. It's got a peekaboo contraption in front of both eyes. Darling, the Yorkshire Terrier's long, silky hair was developed along the upland moors. Protects it from the rain and wind. Don't show off, dear. You've read a book. Oh, this one's cute. That French poodle, he looks as if a landscape gardener had worked him over. Oh, he's very distinguished looking. You see, he understands me. I've seen lawns better clip than that. Yeah, the tag here says he is champion Peter Cavalier. I knew it. Did you also know he belonged to, uh, let's see, La Comtesse de la Porte? Oh, I can just see myself now walking down Madison Avenue with Peter on the leash. Uh-huh, and I would bow to you and kiss your hand. <laughs> Jerry, you silly. And I would say, Countess, you have the most beautiful dog I have ever oh, seen. Please. There is nothing in the world I would love more than to pat your dog sometimes, Countess. Please. And not another word, Countess? But Jerry, there's somebody breathing down the back of my neck. Huh? That's right. 
Hey, you, stop breathing down the back of her neck. I'm doing it only in the line of duty, pal. Jerry, there's somebody right behind you, too. No, friend, don't faint around. Introductions later. Hey, what is this? This is a snatch. You are acquainted with the tame Countess? Countess? Me? Jerry! Keep your voice low, little lady. Otherwise, Sam, who ain't poking you in the ribs with no clothespin, will have to shoot you. Oh, is that right, Sam? The Duke knows the words, Countess. Countess? But I'm Let not... Let us a... leave the dogs. Come on. Jerry. Uh, look, there's been some mistake One here. One little funny move and you'll be making a mistake. Walk, nice and quiet, out the front door, both of you. That's right. Otherwise comes the hearse, and they'll be carrying you out, nice and quiet. Anyway, it's a nice car. Thank you, Countess. But I am not a Countess. Did we or did we not hear that gent sitting next to you call you Countess? You did, but Jerry was only joking. Uh, some joke. Uh -huh. She's my wife. You the Count? Of course not. Then the little lady ain't your wife. Oh, wait a minute. Duke, if you... Yeah? Are you really a Duke? Nah, sort of a nickname. All right. That's the way it is with Pam. Sure. Only she's got a couple of million iron men in the bank. I ain't. My estate was uh, impoverished. The Duke knows the voids. I'm supposed to be French if I'm the Countess, but I'm not. How do we know? Well, you, you can hear me talk, can't you? I, I speak English, don't I? Just like you. You speak like us? Duke, she sounds like a foreigner to me, she does. If she's the Countess, what am I supposed to be? There is a word for it. The Duke knows... Quiet, the... Sam. Yeah. The word is gigolo. Me? Why, you... Relax there, dancing pumps, or I'll give you a revolver full. Jerry, please. Now, we are all men of the world here, ain't we? Except, then, of course, the Countess. Thank you. I mean, not. As I was saying, the Countess is young. She is beautiful. Why, Duke? She is a babe with plenty of bread pudding. The Count, on the other hand, is broke. He is on a, the shabby side of gentility. So he collects stamps, while the Countess collects... Gigolos. You are one of them, a very fine specimen. My congratulations, Countess. I am not a gigolo. Listen, I... mister, don't get so excited. It's good work if you can get it. Hey, boss, boss, we're leaving town. We've got to decide. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Oh, yeah. What do you have to decide? Well, you see, Countess Original, we didn't figure on snatching more than one. You. Circumstances made us grab off the boyfriend, too. The question is, what do we do with him? You'll just have to take him along with me. Hey, Duke, I think we ought to chill him. I don't know. He looks like a nice guy. Yeah, but, Duke, we gotta feed the kidnapped victim. We just ain't got enough of brown stamps for two of them. You got something here. All right. We chill him. Oh, but you, you don't have to do that. Uh, brown stamps are for meat, and, and Jerry's a, a vegetarian. Oh. Uh, what do you say, Sam? Mm, well, in case he wants to eat grass, let him live. Yeah. What I was figuring. Oh. Besides, it'll kind of keep the little lady's mind occupied. In a kind of way, you could call it almost a second honeymoon. Good grief, where are we going? Hey, Niagara Falls. Ah. The old 
old homestead. Here we are. Yeah. Ain't it beautiful? If you took our blindfolds off, maybe we could appreciate it, too. We'd learn to love it. We couldn't have you see where we was taking you. Why not? Maybe you wouldn't have liked the place. Then we would have had to shoot you. Can we take them off now? Go ahead. Keep them covered, Sam. Like a tent, Duke. There. That's better. Oh, gollies, it's dark. Who put the lights out? Lady, we are in the country where the only lights is the stars. <laughs> that Duke. I prefer lampposts. Uh, is that landslide in old stucco the uh, homestead? Lady, maybe the joint looks like a wreck. But I'll tell you, it not only looks like a wreck... Yeah, it is a wreck. Custer must have made his last stand around here. If you don't like the accommodation, Sam will be glad to donate a little lead to you. Never mind, he needs it more than I do. I mean, shall we go in? Uh, proceed. Uh, wait a minute, goon. The countess goes first. Uh, uh, why? Noblesse oblige. Huh? Why? That freely translated means oblige the nobles. Countess, you first. Thank you very, very much. Gee. <laughs> You know, Duke, that, that noblest oblige stuff ain't so bad. No? No. Not when a babe like the Countess leads the parade. <sighs> that was a nice dinner. Yeah, it sure. No, you don't, Gigolo. Oh, do don't you hit Jerry's wrist with that gun. Well, I warned him not to reach for no meat. Sorry, I forgot myself. Yeah. Hey, I thought you was a vegetarian. I am. No. Well, no meat. Okay. Pass me another head of lettuce. Thanks. Now, Countess, the time has come when business has got to be discussed. we got to get sorted. You can do that with practically no effort. Thank you, Countess. Now... We know the count ain't got no dough. You got it. So we brung along a check. You sign the check, we force the count to cash it, and then he bails you out. What could be simpler? You could just let us go. Countess, the time for idle banter is past. But she isn't the countess. Duke, I told you we should have chilled him even if he ain't no meat eater. Uh, Jerry's right. I can't sign that check. Maybe your hand is numb? Well, uh, no. You sign this check for 50 grand or you and the boyfriend will both get numb all over and permanent. Well, I... Jerry, you think he means it? He means it. All right. Give it to me. I'll sign it. Oh, I see you've got a whole checkbook. Yeah, we're careful. We don't want no typographical errors. Sign it, baby. Countess, if you please. Pen? Take mine. It's got a lifetime guarantee. Thank you. There. Let me see. But, Countess, you signed this Pamela North. That ain't gonna get us 50 grand. It's my name. It'll be a name on a tombstone, first thing you know. Sign that check, Isabel de la Porte, or the lifetime guarantee on you runs out. If you insist. I insist. I thought you would. I hope you like my handwriting. Let me see. Countess, I got $50,000 worth of liking for it. Sam. Take them upstairs and lock them up. I'm going back to contact the Count, inform him about the snatch, and tomorrow morning we begin to live on our income. Good night, Countess. Noblesse oblige. Noblesse oblige to you too, Duke. That's right, Countess. Noblesse oblige. So please go upstairs peaceful and oblige. Or no more noblesse.
Closed in, locked in. The window, Jerry? Uh, not a chance. One of Duke's ancestors must have been a little peculiar. What do you mean? Oh, iron bars on the window. Uh -huh, and dear Sam at the door. I think we'll stay. Oh, darling. We are in a jam, aren't we? Well, there's a bed in the room. We can sleep anyway. Jerry, what are we going to do? Oh, I wouldn't worry about that signature. They won't give you more than ten years or so for forgery. And I'll be waiting for you at the prison gate. That isn't what I meant, darling. Oh. When they find out, and, and they'll have to as soon as they try to cash that check, that I'm not really the countess. They'll kiss us goodbye. Oh, no, Jerry. Not when we could be witnesses against them. I'm afraid, darling. Well, maybe in the morning. When... Somehow, Jerry, I could wish that morning were a, a long way off. We'll be back with Woodbury's Mr. and Mrs. North in just a moment. Now, this is Ben Grower changing the subject to Woodbury facial soap and romance. To wedding bells, white satin and lace. And to another Woodbury Deb who's just said, I do. She's lovely Martha Janie Baker of Toledo. And the lucky man is Private Charles L. Willoughby of Flint, Michigan. Janie writes, Woodbury facial soap is practically a tradition with the women in our family. So naturally, when Chuck saw Janie, it was a case of love at first sight. For nothing attracts a man's attention faster and holds it longer than a flawlessly lovely complexion. And now that Janie is Mrs. Charles L. Willoughby, a charming Air Force bride, she writes, Woodbury soap really does things for a girl's skin. Romantic things. Let it do the same for you. Give your skin the gentle care of the beauty soap that's made for the skin and skin alone. The soap that contains only the finest, purest beauty oils and a special costly ingredient for extra mildness. Yes, Woodbury facial soap is safe even for over-dry skin. Use Woodbury facial soap tonight. And then see, even in the morning, if your skin isn't brighter, smoother, softer to touch. See if he doesn't soon tell you so. Ask for Woodbury Facial Soap and follow the marrying Woodbury Debs to romance. Now, back to the Woodbury Facial Soap program, The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. Pam. Yes, darling. Turn that rooster off. You turn it off. It's on your side of. Hmm? What? What did you say? I said turn it. Uh oh. Somebody swiped our furniture. Not to mention the house. Darling, we're staying with the Duke. That's right. And I'm the Countess. I'm the King of England. I remember. It's morning, Jerry. Uh-huh. The Duke should be back from town any moment. Knowing that I'm not really the Countess. Well, that's his mistake, not ours. We told him. That isn't going to help much. Convenient going to bed in your clothes. You don't have to dress. Pam, come here. Oh, what is it, darling? This window looks out over the road. It's the Duke, Jerry. With a distinguished-looking man. Uh-huh. The Duke is showing him in. It came in that roadster. It's a foreign make. Jerry, that man's the Count. They... Snatched him, too. Well, looks that way, but I don't know. Well, good morning, Carlos. Morning, slippery feet. Uh, Sam, tell me, does that revolver grow from your hand? Well, it's a nice thought. Come on down, the Duke's got company. Uh, we, uh, I don't really feel like entertaining just now. We'll just stay here. Nothing doing, you'll go down. 
After all, it's about time the Countess met the Count. through that door. That's a good girl. Come on, you too, smooth hair. We'll find our way. Sam, somebody maybe followed me out here. Go on outside and keep a lookout. Mm, okay, Duke. Now, Count, is that the Countess or ain't it? My dear lady, may I apologize for this boor stupidity? May I also assure you that if it weren't for the fact that already I am married, nothing would delight me more than to make you my Countess. That's very sweet of you, Then but... she ain't the Countess. When this ruffian here held me up and asked me to cash this check, I knew at once some mistake had been made. The signature is obviously not my wife's. All right, tear it up. With pleasure, sir. There, there. Take it easy, Count. I wouldn't like you to die too quick. You two North, sit down. So we made a mistake. The lady resembles my wife somewhat, but... That's all. I was never married to her, so I can't tell. Sam! Well, now that everything's been cleared up, we can all go home. I ain't so sure. We're liable for the rap, even if we snatch the wrong thing. Well, what's up, Duke? She ain't the Countess. Uh, well, are you sure the guy with the mustache is the Count? Yeah, him I seen before. Sleepy fingered him for me. Oh, so we got three boys, huh? And none of them can sing. You might say three little bonds and no dividends. Hmm. Yeah, well, what do we do now? Close the books? Now, look here. Sit down, Rosin Souls, or I'll do it now. Jerry. I suggest we talk this over calmly. After all, why kill us? No talk, no rap. On the other hand, uh, come over here, Sam. Hmm? Now, you three are covered, so behave. Okay, Duke, what do you think? What do you think they're going to do? Hard to tell. I do not think they will kill us. You see, in a way, I am a goose. Hmm? Uh... I beg your pardon. Oh, well, I mean, if they kill me, they can never try to kidnap my wife again. I think they like the golden eggs, so they will do nothing. I hope you're right about their bird-loving habits. Gents uh, and the lady, me and Sam have just been in conference. Speech! Speech! Order in the court! What am I saying? Shut up, punk! Permit me to continue. We loused up this snatch good. Whose fault it was, we ain't for the moment interested in. But the snatch was loused up. Here, here. So, on account of we invested our time and abilities, while you guys been inconvenienced a little, I figure we're even. Bravo. Thanks. Anyways, we're going to let you go. We're going to blindfold you, a mere necessity of business, drive you back in the Count's heap, and let you go free when we hit the city. An equitable proposal. My words exactly. We ain't sore at you on account of the little lady ain't no Countess. And you shouldn't ought to be sore at us on account of we're returning you to your loved ones safe and sound. The Duke knows the words. Like the poet says, let bygones be bygones. I thank you. Ah, uh, it's pleasant to get these blindfolds off. Uh-huh. I dare say that's the last we'll ever see of Sam and the Duke, fading down that suburban road in their own car. I'm just as pleased. But there's something that worries me. Uh, Count de Laporte. Madame? When the Duke showed you the check I signed, you knew it wasn't your wife's signature. Well, of course I knew. So you told the Duke that they must have kidnapped the wrong person. But 
There should have been another reason why you knew that. I uh, do not understand. The Countess. The Countess? Pam means well, uh, since the Countess wasn't kidnapped, she should have been home with you last night. Oh, oh, that. Well, you don't know the Countess, my lovely wife, Mr. and Mrs. North. She's never home. Sometimes weeks pass and I don't hear of her. Still, the kidnappers knew that she was to be at the dog show. That means she is in town. That is a subject I do not care to discuss. Can I drop you at your home? No, I wish you'd do us a favor, Count. Stay on the street a few blocks more. I'll tell you where to stop. Of course. Uh, some friends? No, Count. Some police. Uh, Pam, you and the Count stay in the car. I'll be on in a moment. <laughs> Your husband, he's very athletic. Mm, he used to play football. Count, I'm worried about your wife. I gave that up years ago. For all we know, those gangsters may be after her this very minute. And, oh, uh, there's Jerry. He's got Sergeant Mullins with him. Well, what do you know about that? Kidnapped you, huh? They should have held on to you. I would have paid him myself regular. Hello, Sergeant Mullins. Uh, this is Count de la Porte. What's your name? Count de la Porte. Count de la Porte. How do you do? You're lucky. What do you mean? Usually, when the Nards bring them in, they're dead. Mullins, we've all been worrying about the whereabouts of the Countess. That's why I got you out here. Heck, I don't know where she is. But you see, I think I do. Try the rumble seat of this roadster, Mullins. Huh? Oh, he's mad. I don't like this. Any objections? If there ain't nothing there, you, I... you, you, you may do so. Why, thank you. Just take a minute. Jerry, you think she... Okay, Mr. North, I looked. And, of course, you found nothing. Not exactly, Count. Matter of fact, your wife is in that rumble seat. And she's dead. Please, Mullins, please. I've got something to say. The guy killed his wife in Ilfryford. I don't think he did. But, darling, it was his car. He would have been a fool to hide her there. Count, you've got one chance. What chance have I got? A full confession. I thought you said he didn't kill her. Mr. North, I did not murder. No, but you still have a confession to make. You hired Duke and Sam to kidnap your wife. You agreed to split the ransom money with them, didn't you? 25000 for you, 25000 for them. Because you had no money, you had to go to your wife for money all the time, and so you thought you'd get some this way. Am I right? I say nothing. I can prove it. First, those gangsters didn't blindfold you when they brought you to the hideout this morning. That's right, darling. We saw him from the window. Which proves you were in on the kidnap plot. Secondly, and more important, those gangsters didn't try to cash the check Pam signed on your own unsupported word. Why should they believe you? When you said Pam was not the Countess, they believed you again. Why? I deny everything. Better not. Otherwise, you'll go to the chair for murder instead of to jail for fraud. You've one chance. You better take it. All right. I confess. I confess to the plot. But I did not kill her. Of course not. Now, once you've got to help. How? Oh. There's only one way we can get proof against the murderers. We've got to release the Count. We've got to announce that he's been cleared of a murder and... Mullins, we mustn't say a single solitary word about his complicity in the kidnapping plot. We mustn't? Why? Because if we do, our trap won't catch a killer.
Woodbury's Mr. and Mrs. North will be back in a minute. But first, this is Ben Grauer for Woodbury, the true skin soap. Have you noticed how many lovely Woodbury Debs are middle-isling it these days? One of the loveliest is Martha Janey Baker of Toledo. Janey became Mrs. Charles L. Willoughby at a fashionable wedding at the Lombardy in New York. Now a brand new Air Force wife, she writes, To keep him saying those nice things about my complexion, I always take my daily Woodbury facial cocktail. How I look forward to it at the end of each busy day. It gives me a new lease on love. You can care for your complexion exactly the way glamorous Janie does, like this. First, she pins up her brown curls safely out of the way. Then she works up a thick, creamy lather of Woodbury soap on her face cloth. Now she buries her face in its warm fragrance. Massaging gently, she works it well up to her hairline, down over her throat, and around to the back of her neck. Next, she rinses thoroughly with clear, warm water. Then, with fresh, cold water, she gives a final bracing rinse. As she says, it gives her a new lease on love. Try it. Ask for Woodbury. W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y. Woodbury. The beauty soap for the skin you love to touch. Now, back to the Woodbury Facial Soap program, The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. Thank that guy off, Sammy knows too much. Okay, That is very good news, Sam. Just like we figured, they can't pin the killing on the count. Uh, so we we play the parlay, huh? Gee, it's a good liquor the count keeps. Ah, that must be the count now. Answer the door, Sam. The butler is unconscious in the cellar. Certainly, me lord. Oh, hello, Carlisle. I'm so sorry. Duke? Yeah. And that ain't Carlisle. It's me. A pleasant surprise, Count. Take your coat off. What do you want? The Count is a real man of business, ain't he, Sam? Okay, pal, listen. Now the Countess is dead, you inherit a dough, right? I suppose so. We take half, or maybe two-thirds. You're crazy. Otherwise, we go tell the cops all about how you hired us to kidnap your wife. Then, they will reconsider your being innocent about knocking her off. Because on account of if you're such a low character you would kidnap her, you must have killed her. But I did not. It would be a cinch to convince a jury. Oh, then, then you killed her yourself. Sure. Why try for 25 grand when we can make a million? Out of you. Sure. Sam dumped the body into the rumble seat when we was discussing life for the North. But if you had really kidnapped the Countess, why did you also kidnap the North? For witnesses tying you to the kidnap plot. Otherwise, who would believe us poor buns against your word? This way, you're tied to us. So you better prepare to share the wealth. The Duke knows the words. We know the music. Keep your hands up on the Who brought the gendarmes? My husband. Isn't he cute? Oh, Duke, I told you we should have killed that guy. Besides, I bet he even eats meat. Oh, to get home. A little while, darling. Oh, the poor Countess. Poor Count? He's going to spend a long time in jail. Mm -hmm. It was very clever of you to figure out the uh, double cross that Duke and Sam were playing. Well, no gangster would ever make a mistake in identification as Duke and Sam pretended they had. Not when it was a $50,000 snatch they were planning. Well, they certainly swiped the wrong witnesses. Oh, you're so smart, darling. 
You too. Mm -hmm. I wonder just how good a gigolo you would make if I were really a countess. Well, you know what they get paid for, don't you? Mm -hmm. Dancing. Maybe, but I'll bet that isn't the word the Duke would have had for it. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.